This is In the Zone, your home for Salina Sports Talk. High school sports, Kansas Wesleyan and Bethany, KU, K-State, and Wichita State. Wait, is there anything these guys don't cover? You're in the zone. Welcome into In the Zone today here on Sports Radio 1150 KSAL. 106.7 as well on the FM dial. I am Jackson Schneider alongside James Wessling today after a long, fun, hopefully, holiday weekend. James, did you get to do anything to celebrate Memorial Day? Um, not really to celebrate, but I think uh, I probably fall in the camp of a lot of listeners where it was just nice to have that kind of extra day that... Uh, we all get with the holiday. This time of year is kind of the kickoff to summer. The pools are open. The golf courses are packed. It's starting to get hot out. Smoky Hill River Festival is coming up uh, in a couple of weeks, which is hard to believe. So it's here. How about you? Well, yes and no. Like <laughs> I was busy through Saturday with the state softball and baseball and state track stuff. But Sunday, I finally got to like relax just a little bit. But I don't know if I've gotten to tell you about this. I know I've talked about it with, with Hannah in the office because she used to live where I live. And yeah. so she deals has dealt with this before. But there is this huge wall next to my house of cottonwood trees. And it is yep. bad. It's cottonwood season. <laughs> it is so bad. Yeah. And we had put up with it kind of for the first week or so of it really kicking up but we decided enough was enough and we had to you know we had to hose off and clean off our air conditioning unit and like all this stuff so we spent pretty much all Sunday afternoon evening cleaning our back patio or back area of where we live free from cottonwood tree bulbs and all that crap and fighting all that off because my my girlfriend she's allergic to it and so it was acting up for her but she was powering through and we were hosing off our back patio sweeping up things trying to throw away in our dumpster as many of them as we could to try and just like manage the situation well sunday that's it was good and great yesterday it came back like with a vengeance it's like the trees were mad at us for having cleaned it and so we spend a good chunk of Monday doing that as well. And now I think we're just going to have to like do our best to try and manage it. But for the next month and a half, we're just we just live in a cottonwood tree forest. Forest, yeah. It, it, it looks like it snowed in our back patio. And it's great for your allergies. That's the best part. It's really good <laughs> it's to awesome. have all that kicking up. Yeah. Did I tell you about my moth situation? Did do, you, I, do you have a lot of, of like the Miller moth things? Yeah, did we I had some of that too? Did I share that story no. on the air? This was uh, probably a week ago or so. I went out of town for a couple of days uh, over the weekend, and either me or one of my children, not a hundred percent sure, we were kind of in a rush. Didn't close the front door entirely, and while we were gone, it had blown open. So came back on a Sunday, and the front door of my house was wide open so it kind of freaked me out you know yeah um left the kids in the car went inside scouted the place nobody was there no humans were there what was there were a million moths because i'd <laughs> left the light on i'm talking swarming, swarming swarming jackson i'm not talking like <laughs> i'm not talking a couple hundred i mean there were moths everywhere they were like caked on my on my back uh sliding door 
around my lights. It was awful. So I panicked, went and got like some moth traps, but didn't realize that those don't kill the moths instantly. First, I started spraying them with everything I had. Windex, like disinfectant cleaner, just any <laughs> chemical I could find I was throwing at these moths. And I got rid of what I thought was was just about all of them. I went to bed and there were like two buzzing around that I just said, you know, screw it. So I woke up to let my dog out at like three o'clock in the morning and I'd left a hall light on and there were a million more. Like it was like I hadn't put even the slightest of dent in these moths. So at, at 5.55, my alarm goes off and I'm at Lowe's at like 6.01 and I get the moth spray, which works great. If you have a moth problem, I'm like the Mothman prophecies now, okay? <laughs> if you have a moth problem, which there have been articles I've heard uh, about moths are a huge problem in Kansas right yeah. now. Uh, I don't know what the, the sitch is there, but they're everywhere. So I got some of that spray. And you can actually just – you can spray it in the vicinity of them or just your house in general. It has kind of a, a nice scent to it. It doesn't smell like a traditional hazardous chemical. Uh, so I sprayed my whole house, and it got rid of them all. They were all gone within, you know, 24 hours. Easy. Um, so there's there's my moth store. I don't like moths. I don't like insects. They're, it's weird. Uh, we haven't had near that problem, but that like – we have a, a like our main door and then like a screen like weather storm door thing, mm-hmm. and somehow they got in like the crack between it, and there were like twenty just like trapped in the oh, casing. Yeah, so we could see it through the window. Yeah, but like we didn't want to open our door to our apartment because right. they'd all come in. Yep, and so we had to go like around to the front and like try to shoo them out somehow. Yeah. But there were only like. 10 or 20 i can't even imagine it was it was disgusting it was disgusting it was not fun uh but they're out and uh so far so good so now moral of the story is make sure your doors are closed and locked (laughs) uh and that's like that that's all it took for me now i lock every door every time i go anywhere and i've got a dog who would be fine you know it's kind of like a guard dog either way though and I'm, I'm opening and closing doors at a rapid pace. I mean, just in and out. There's not a door open for a second. So um, keep an eye on those moths. Yeah. Not fine. I, I will try. I, so it's it's nice to know that other people are struggling with other things because I've yeah. – I've, normally, I'm a nature guy. Like, mm-hmm. I like to be outside. I like to do things mm-hmm. like that. Like, yesterday after we cleaned off part of our patio, I tried to grill because it's Memorial Day. It was nice outside. But it was almost impossible because every time I'd open the lid to the grill, cotton would just like oh, start yeah. flying yeah. towards yep. our food. I've and, had that problem. And so it was just yeah. a failed attempt at <laughs> grilling hot dogs and brats on Memorial Day. But did you get in a pool this weekend? I did not. You I never had tan. a chance. Did you get tan this weekend? A little sun kissed. That's what happens when you're camped out at state softball for ah, a couple of days. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm getting I'm getting some color. The farmer's tan is bad. Yeah. Oh. Like, oh. Wow. It, yes, it is. It is really wearing, bad. You, you literally but, like you pasted a shirt on your body. It's yeah. Great. It's I look awesome with my shirt <laughs> off right now. But uh, getting in a pool, getting out to the golf course, that is on the to do list now that everything has officially lightened up with spring sports for high school stuff wrapping up. Uh, funny enough, I actually have some some prep sports stuff for us in our next segment, but that's um, more geared towards football, which it's crazy to say on May 30th we're going to talk some football, but the Sharp Performance t- 
top prospect combine was at Solana Stadium earlier this afternoon, and I got to check check out uh, all that, which has turned into one of the more cool events of this time of year uh, because you get roughly 250 of the state's best current prospects for college football or future athletes. Like We're, we're talking kids that are just becoming sophomores and juniors so they're young but there there are some some eye-catching kids that get out there and I saw Lance Leipold and Taylor Bratt uh coaches from K-State KU Washburn Fort Hayes all that stuff were there so I'll have some some fun stuff for that uh that segment next but my point is I thought today was like the start of the downtime because we 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 slow down but now it's officially dead like we have no high school sports no live broadcast nothing so it's just very it was nice to have something to do today yeah uh but it's it's a slow time so i get to start kind of planning what i want to do with my free time and i've decided i'm gonna get out on the golf course here soon and uh just destroy some grass (laughs) perfect yeah (laughs) destroy that grass uh we've got traded couple different places here in town so it is fun to get out there i've golfed once this year didn't go awful um the first probably three holes did go awful but i got a little bit better as the day went along yeah i well i officially i I finally picked up my my great life key card thing the other day Mm -hmm. so i'm Mm -hmm. trying to trying to plan that out but the uh the issue is that if i go golfing my girlfriend wants to tag along but she doesn't quite get the idea of the tea time, okay, and like being there and ready to go at yeah. a certain time. Yeah. She thinks that if we go, we just go when we want to, right? And not that we have to be there at a certain time. So I'm trying to teach her, yeah, that whole concept. Uh, I'm gonna take her along, but uh, now if you so guys, far not great. <laughs> if you guys, you know, you have to figure out they have men's league on Thursday, and they have a couple other leagues. I think they do a couples golf on Friday, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. At least they used to. But during the summer, you can typically, if you're okay with just doing nine holes and doing it at dusk. Um, you can get up there without a tee time and be okay. As long as you're not there on like a men's league night, um, you can get out there without a tee time. Now, if you're going on a weekend or probably even during the day, uh, during the week, you will definitely want a tee time. And you don't just tell her, just tell her the actual tee time is like way before it's actual time. <laughs> See, that's a good like, idea. Book the tea time for 310. Tell her we need to be here by 2.30. Our tea time's at 2.30. You show up at 2.45, you're good. <laughs> that's that's a very very good idea. I'm going to have yeah. to take note of that one. Now, go. here's my question for you since you're you're the, the vet in this situation because mm-hmm. I want I like to golf normally like with a cart and everything, but what I want to do is I want to walk. Do they have – those little carts that you can push your your mm. golf bag, or do I need to get no, one? No, you'll have to get one. You'll have to get one. Okay. Yeah. A lot of high schools practice up there, and they're always just carrying their own bags. And I've golfed a couple of times walking. It's not fun. No, I don't See, enjoy it. I have no problem walking if I can push my my yeah. golf bag on the little cart thing. Yeah. But I like the reason I want to get out and golf is because I want to get the steps in. I want to walk and yeah. do all that. But I am not lugging the bag around. All day long. That's where I draw the line. Now, does 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 Bethany golf, or does she just want to go with you? She she wants to go with me and ride in the cart. Which with right. when I take her 
No big deal. I'll so deal here's with what that. You but do. she wants to also learn how to play golf, which oh, I don't okay. know why I would All be right. a good teacher for that because okay. I'm terrible. Uh, but I, I'm just glad to have someone to hang out with while yeah, I do it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and 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 I'll go with you sometime. Yeah, too. So keep that in mind. But uh, what I would say, if you want to get your steps in, just keep your golf cart on the path, and then just walk a little bit of a distance to your ball. You know, it's kind of best of both worlds. Yeah, it's kind of annoying. You got the cart. You're like, hey, I just want to park right by my ball. But you can get your steps in by, you know, crossing the fairway, getting some steps in here and there. It'll add up. You'll be tired. Uh, well, that's that's what I'm shooting for. I need to I need to do something to get active, and, and that that is the logical first step. Mm-hmm. I've I've gotten a few texts from a friend of mine who, who plays. Uh, some tennis every once in a while. I don't know that I'm ready to get back on that horse for real quick to yeah. play like competitively, but uh, maybe, maybe we'll see. But it's it's nice to have that time of year upon us where we can just hang out, go play some golf, relax just a little bit. Um, I'm I was thinking about our um, our like bucket list thing that we talked about last week, mm-hmm. and I thought. I kind of stole this idea from a TikTok I saw, but we should watch or, or like get a list of like good sports movies and like rank them one through 16 or whatever, do a bracket and, and watch each of them periodically and do like a head to head, which one did we like, yeah. give them points in certain categories Love that. and uh, find our, our summer movie champion or something. Yeah. Cause I, I just by chance last night, I was watching TV and I stumbled across Varsity Blues. Very good movie. Yep. Good movie. <laughs> so, I just watched Air about Michael Jordan and Nike. I think I told you that last yeah, week. I need to uh, see that still. I keep thinking about it. It was like you know suggested movies on Amazon Prime. Moneyball was one that popped up. I'm obsessed with that movie. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen it a million times. It's so good. I uh, I got Bethany to watch the original White Men Can't Jump on okay. Saturday night. Yep. Another classic. Uh, because she had never seen it, but she keeps talking about how she wants to see the remake that just came out with Jack Harlow and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, well, I, I literally will not allow you to watch the new one if you haven't seen the old one. Right. So we need to sit down and we need to do this. And we yeah. did. And she actually kind of en- enjoyed it, I think, more than I anticipated her. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm excited because now we get to watch the new one. And I, I, I'm interested to see how it's similar or, or yeah. different, I guess, than the original. But uh seems like it follows the same storyline, just more modernized. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. That makes sense. Yeah, I like that. Yep. Anything, anything fun that we need to address, though, before we get into that uh, audio from the uh, Sharp Performance Combine here next? No, I think, uh, you know, the transfer portal is kind of quiet. There are some names being linked to, to K-State. KU pretty much has their roster. I'm very into the transfer portal. You yeah. can't tell this time of year. Uh, football <laughs> transfer portal is closed. You know, we know who everybody's going to have for next year. Camp starts just uh, here in a little over a month or so. But for basketball, it's transfer portal season. NBA Finals, I know the Nuggets are in the finals. That's kind of cool because they're semi-close to us. Miami Heat are a great story, an eight seed all the way to the title. I think the Heat are actually going to win the thing. Um, so I'm a little bit into the NBA. Royals still stink. What are they, 17 and 38? Yeah. Struggling to get into them. And hey, they almost had a perfect form. game yesterday, though. I heard the Chiefs are looking at Brandon Cooks. 
Really? Uh, that was a rumor huh. that I heard. I'll have to do a little research on that. So we got some topics yeah. we could get into this week. We do. The other thing, before I get to our, our first break here, um, I, I want to talk a little bit about college baseball because they announced the NCAA tournament yesterday. Mm-hmm. K-State was basically the yep. first team out. And Pete Hughes is and he is angry. Yeah, he released a statement. We'll talk about that. We'll talk a little bit about why K-State might have been passed over, but all signs point really just to one number, and we'll talk about that in our final segment. But we got to take our first break, and when we come back, like I said, I have audio from John Betts of Kansas pregame and a couple of local high school football athletes live from the Sharp Performance Combine here in town today. That's next. You're listening to In the Zone here on Sports Radio 1150 KSAL. Jackson Schneider here at the Sharp Performance Top Prospect Com- Combine here in Salon. I'm joined now by Salana Central quarterback Gunnar Gross. Gunnar, great season last year. Big steps up for you and your team as uh, everybody's getting ready and they're playing the music here. It sounds like they're trying to get you ready. What's the biggest step for you to push yourself forward coming this summer and into the fall? Uh, we're just trying to take our summer workouts and practices as seriously as we can and get everybody bought in and on the same page to go win some games this fall. Now, you're a busy kid, multi-sport athlete, just finished up baseball season, getting right into the summer grind of getting ready for football. Do you feel like the multiple sport aspect for you kind of helps round you out as an athlete? Yeah, definitely. Throwing, throwing a baseball and just playing baseball all spring definitely has helped me get ready and then just carrying my training on throughout the whole year definitely keeps me motivated you know this combine there's hundred hundreds of kids 24 25 kids that are competing in different classes in kansas do you feel like getting in an environment like this and seeing some of the other athletes all across this this great state helps to develop you and kind of get your competitive motor going yeah definitely seeing all these guys here and being able to compete with them some of the best athletes across the state it's been great definitely now, looking at this opportunity, there's tons of college coaches and, and, like I mentioned, tons of great athletes. What's the goal for you here today? Uh, just trying to go and show out, show what I can do with my arm and, uh, and just show off my athleticism, I guess. All right. And then the last thing I got for you, you guys have just a couple of months to get ready before you get back on this very field for the first week of the season. You get to start off against Salina South again. What's the number one goal for you to develop? heading into this fall uh heading into this fall we're just trying to uh i've been personally trying to develop my foot speed and get faster um and then just carrying into this fall getting our teammates bought in and ready to hopefully get a big win against south first week all right man thank you so much for the time thank you awesome good Jackson Schneider here at the Sharp Performance Top Performer Combine here at Solana Stadium, joined by Ellsworth running back Ian Andalon. And Ian, you got a busy summer planned. I know you're going to go on a, a lot of camps and a lot of different areas of the state to try and showcase your ability, and we all know all about it. But what does today's opportunity present you? Uh, it's a good place to get in front of coaches, get, uh, show what I can do, all the work I've been putting in this summer. Really looking forward for the, those ones, show my all-purpose ability. Now, with all these guys here all over the state, 
There's guys from big classes, small classes, everybody equal playing field today. What does that mean for you come now, you know, a 3A school? It's not the big 6As and some of those guys get all the attention. How do you stand out today? Just trying to bring, just trying to show that it can translate to a small school too. I've done the big school thing and I'll, I'll love to that, but just ready to show that all classes can work. And I got my other elders guys here too, ready to work, small school. Now, w one thing that stands out to me, it looks like you put on some muscle since I last <laughs> saw you, my man. What have you been doing to, to try and better yourself and get ready for this next fall? Been working on my hands a lot. I also gained about 10 pounds, sitting at like 185. Uh, all my maxes strength-wise went up and my speed's only going up. So just the continuous progress throughout the whole summer and all the off season, ready for the season. Now, uh, Ellsworth had a, one of the best seasons they've had, I, I think, in about 10, 15 years this last fall. What does that do in terms of your excitement for this fall and what you guys will be able to potentially do for, for the Bearcats it, it, come, what, September 1st? Yep, so excited, so excited. We just got to be level-headed and work every single week to one game at a time. We know what we can do. We just got to make sure everyone's in it, everyone's bought in, and just ready, ready, so excited. Hey, all right, Ian, thanks so much. Go get back to work, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Jackson Schneider here at Solana Stadium for the Sharp Performance Top Prospect Combine. Joined now by Kansas pregame's John Betts. And John, this is the second summer I've been able to take in this particular event. And it seems like it just keeps growing, at least year over year, both in the amount of kids you get out here and the interest from college coaches. What have you seen in the growth of this event and events like it around the state of Kansas? Well, I think, first of all, Sharp Performance has grown a lot. Um, you know, Jake and I started doing Combine about 10 years ago now I remember doing one of the first ones when he had the hangar facility and we did an indoor one and then and then have done some different ones and kept that free one and then he worked with rack performance here this year to get a couple more free ones out there I mean Jake is really working hard to give these kids opportunities and what I will say about this event, event, the top prospect event specifically, is that every year a kid emerges from this. And I, I can almost guarantee you that there will be a kid that nobody has heard of coming into this that will come out of this on Division One radar. I have examples that, you know, two years ago it was uh, Darrell Jones that now plays defensive back at K-State. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew who that kid was, and he ran a couple of uh, hand-timed four threes and Eastern Michigan called his coach on the field that day to offer him. So there's there's a lot of success stories like that that can emerge out of these things. And, and you know, coaches and then recruiting media, we always think game film, game film, game film. And yes, that's incredibly important, but it's also important to see kids move without pads on, to see their body size, their footwork and mobility, lateral, you know, we all talk about 40, 40, 40, but it's also lateral movement and jumping ability, hip flexibility. You can see, you can go over to the lineman group and see when those guys get down in their stance, is it easy for them to get down in their stance or do they have to they struggle to touch their, their toes and that kind of thing? So I, 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 as a younger journalist, if you will, a younger sports writer, 
and a guy that had coached high school, I was a little bit negative towards these things because I was like, eh, it's just kind of a meat market and what can you really tell without pads? But every year I hear from college coaches and I hear from parents and I hear from recruiting media that they love this style of, of venue and event and sharp performance and their, uh, and Tiffany Daniels and, and Ty and their staff uh, and Rick Sharp, they all do a great job putting this thing together. Now, last year there was a lot of buzz because it was thought to be one of the deepest, most talented recruiting classes in Kansas high school history with names like Dylan Edwards and Avery Johnson, Wesley Fair and the like. I, I could go on and on, but do you feel like events like this have helped to develop the talent across the state of Kansas and rise it to getting classes like that and what we may start to see is a rise in Kansas high school athletes on the college football level? Well, I think events like this have certainly helped lead to exposure opportunities for some of those kids that may not have had them previously. Um, Dylan Edwards specifically is a kid that one of his first events was was a sharp performance event that was a, you know, a couple of years before he really emerged onto the scene. Toby Osinsami from Wichita East ran a couple of uh, hand-timed four threes here and and totally blew up so there's a uh, they tend to get a few guys some buzz and I tend to think that a rising tide raises all boats so if you if those guys are getting covered and there's a guy standing next to him oh wow that kid's you know he's got he's he's got speed similar to Dylan Edwards which that there's no equivalent there but <laughs> that that dude that dude's one of the most athletic players I've ever seen anywhere but but yes, those those other prospects next to uh, those prospects that are getting recognized, it absolutely helps them get opportunities. Now, from from your side, what goes into putting on an event like this? The coordination with college coaches and sharp performance, and making sure that other media entities like myself can be here and and to see it with their own eyes. What's being done to develop these young athletes and get them on the stage where they can be noticed by coaches? Well, it's a multi-pronged effort. Jake has his staff um, that that do the organizational side of it, get the rosters together so that people can see uh, the kids that are attending the event. I tend to reach out to recruiting media, local and regional media, and also coaches because I have a lot of relationships with college coaches. So I make sure that all the Kansas coaches know about it um, for sure. And I try to get to the to the states immediately around Kansas as well. Um, and then sports in Kansas also plays a huge part in this. Uh, you know, Bethany is out here doing interviews of kids and they also uh, identify prospects. Sports in Kansas and Kansas pregame work together by going to the combine events. And then of course, just being familiar with athletes and prospects in the state and inviting them and and making sure that they're aware of a save the date and a time and a location you know that's part of the reason this is on a tuesday yeah. is because once we get to june 1st these kids are going all over the place and so we try to get this thing in there as soon as possible and 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 have a good start for these kids as they head into the uh, the rest of the summer it's a, a quick turnaround from state baseball, state track that was this past weekend to get right into this. Do you feel like that kind of helps? Because I know there's a handful of those multi-sport athletes that you and I have talked about that were active at state track that 
go from that into, you know, football mode, but they're all in great shape, probably the best they've been all spring. Does that help those kids in, in putting out maybe their best performance here? So that's a great question. And I actually worry that it could potentially have an adverse effect at sometimes, you know, because it feels like kids don't get as much rest as they did in the past. But the thing of it is, is now there are a lot of people trying to get involved in putting these types of events on. Um, you know, I'm not sure that they are all as motivated as Jake and I are to promote Kansas kids. Mm -hmm. But if we don't do it, somebody else will probably try to fill the gap. So I would rather that we get it done as soon after the spring sports season ends as possible to set these kids up for the best opportunity for the rest of the summer. All right. And the last thing I've got for you, you, you gave me a couple of names for some kids to watch, but I know it's a long list, but here locally in Salina or in the immediate surrounding area, who are a couple of names that we should keep our eye out for? Well, specifically in Salina, Jameer Moore um, is a kid that, that really has the opportunity to emerge on the scene, has a good build for a uh, potential FBS or certainly D2 type safety. Um, uh, also, one to watch for is Lincoln Cure from Goodland, the uh, the impressive Cure family. His older sister, the great volleyball player, basketball player, and javelin thrower, and his older brother actually plays tight end at Fort Hayes State University. And uh, Lincoln showed off the in the hurdles the other day. You know, Gunnar Gross is a kid out here that looks good. Also, Ellsworth is on track to have the best season that they've had. A, well. They had a great season last year, but yeah. there's really an opportunity for them to make a deeper playoff push. And Cole Weber is a kid that's out here uh, that really has an opportunity to, I think, play certainly at the Division II level. But I could go on. Weston Langbart from Chapman. Um, we're fortunate to have Caden Massey from Linden out here, who is one of the biggest prospects in the state of Kansas. Has OU offer, K-State, KU. I can't remember exactly who he narrowed his list to, but, you know, Two years ago when he was here, uh, the first time he'd really ever done anything, and when 6'8", 265 walks out and runs like a 5'2", 40, you're like, oh, my gosh, this kid's going to be special, and it's it's shown. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great event, a great opportunity for exposure for these kids, and it's fun to see them in this uh, format. Awesome. Well, John, thank you so much for the time. Enjoy the uh, hot afternoon. Get some water in there. It's going to be a fun day. I put my sunscreen on. That's key. That's key. My wife will be proud of me. It's better Thanks, than Jackson. I've done. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jackson. I appreciate it. Welcome back to In the Zone today here on Sports Radio 1150 KSAL. Jackson Schneider with you. And of course, In the Zone is brought to you by Hometown Outdoor Power, the area's largest power equipment dealer, offering brands like Toro, Grasshopper, Hustler, Kawasaki, and many more. You can check out their full inventory by visiting them online. Search hometownoutdoorpower.com or you can visit them in person. As always, they've got locations in McPherson, Minneapolis, and right here in Salina. That's Hometown Outdoor Power. Let's start the final segment of today's show off by talking a little college baseball. And over the last couple of weeks, I've talked to you about Kansas State and their success. And they put together, um, by pretty much every account, their best season under head coach Pete Hughes. But 
K-State had a rough finish to the year. They lost two out of three in their final series of the regular season at home to TCU. Then they lost twice to TCU again in the Big 12 tournament. And despite K-State making the semifinals and having 35 wins and uh, finishing in fifth place in the Big 12 regular season standings, when the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee announced the field of 64 yesterday morning, the Wildcats were left off of the list. And there are a couple of different reasons for that. Um, the first being the RPI, which is a metric, a, a I guess it's, a, it's an algorithm of that takes teams' strength of schedule into a... Um, consideration along with other numbers and and you know your record against other teams in that range of the it's it's a convoluted mathematical thing that I I really I don't know how it's entirely built but that was K-State's downfall and it was largely because of their strength of schedule which was fairly weak but K-State ended the season at uh, 35 and 24 on the year, they were 14 and 11 in the Big 12. They were 19 and 8 at home, and uh, they had a pretty darn good road record of 14 and 11. And um, the Wildcats' RPI, all things considered, 55 is where they ended up. So they got passed over by several other teams, and the big issue for Kansas State was that they were passed over by both Oklahoma and Texas Tech who made the field. Those are two Big 12 teams, two teams that K-State won their series against in the regular season, finished higher than in the Big 12 standings, yet they're behind them in the RPI. And that was largely the reason why they got passed over. The big, the big frustration here is Oklahoma because Oklahoma finished thirty-one and twenty-six on the year. They were thirteen and ten on the road. Um, they won less Big Twelve games. They won less road games. And the all-important head-to-head, or so you'd think, K-State swept Oklahoma in their regular season series. But the Sooners got the benefit of the doubt for a couple of reasons. And Kendall Rogers of D1 Baseball, which is a fantastic follow. If you like baseball, if you like following college baseball, especially for Division One, if you're a K-State, KU, Wichita State fan, highly, highly suggest you follow Kendall Rogers on Twitter and you follow D1 Baseball and you can even subscribe to their their service where they, they put out a lot of different articles and rankings and uh, they were projecting the NCAA tournament field for the last several weeks. Anyway, they do great stuff. But Kendall Rogers is one of the main voices for D1 Baseball and he said that he felt the reason K-State got looked over was one, RPI, and two, recency bias and if you're unfamiliar with the recency bias there as it relates to Oklahoma the Sooners made the College World Series last year they made the College World Series final and finished as the runner-up to Ole Miss and basically that's the equivalent of the college basketball tournament when a, a 
team that struggles more often than not, like a blue blood or a team that's had success in the postseason, gets selected to the tournament field because of their name. Because basically, it'll sell tickets, it'll get eyes on the TV, that sort of a thing. And that was what they felt Oklahoma was this year, which wasn't quite as strong as they normally are. Still a decent, very decent team. And, and I think, honestly, like I feel like Oklahoma is a team that deserves to be in the tournament field. But they pass over Kansas State for Oklahoma in this sense, basically because of the recency bias. And, well, Oklahoma got to the College World Series last year. And the mathematical formula, which has some problems, it's widely recognized to not be a perfect system, far from it, actually. Oklahoma gets the selection into the NCAA tournament instead of K-State. Well, obviously, that's going to ruffle some feathers, especially in and around Manhattan and in and around the baseball offices. Well, come today, Pete Hughes has released a statement about the NCAA baseball selections, and it reads like this. The Division I Baseball Committee and the system failed K-State, our program, and our seniors. It was obvious that the committee overemphasized the RPI, a flawed metric. The regional disparities of the RPI are glaring and still were used as a tool to form, shape, and make decisions. The most important criteria that has zero gray area is head-to-head competition. It's definitive. Someone wins and someone loses. We were left out in place of two teams that we finished ahead of in overall conference play and also two teams we beat head-to-head. Why play the games if the records are not valued? When did we stop rewarding winning? It's inexplicable and disappointing. Our players and our community deserve better. Again, that was a statement released on Twitter by Kansas State head baseball coach Pete Hughes. And I I totally understand where he is coming from. I do. And it's frustrating, especially especially to be left out. When it was all said and done, K-State was listed as like one of the first four teams out. They were basically in the top 64 get in in this scenario, hypothetically, K-State was like 65 or 66. So right on the outside looking in. So I get the frustration. I also have to say I understand why K-State was left out. It sucks. I would have loved to have a local team to follow in the baseball postseason. But I get it. K-State's strength of schedule was bad. Now what he goes back and says, and talking about the regionality and the regional disparities in the RPI, is part of why K-State's strength of schedule is not that great. Teams that are more southern get better weather, get to play better teams at home more often than not early in the season, whereas K-State has to go and play in Arizona or California or Texas for like a week and a half to open the season, two weeks in some cases. Kansas dealt with the same thing. They played in South Carolina. They regularly play in Corpus Christi, Texas for like the first week and a half of the season just because February in Kansas is not all that great for hosting baseball games. It's pretty simple. So you have to just get the games that you can when it comes to, you know, better weather. And K-State's non-conference schedule is pretty weak. 
And when you look at it, they get a, a home series after spending – here, let, let's detail it. They spend basically the first week of the season in southern Texas, southeastern Texas. Then they go for another few days to Round Rock, Texas. Their, they, their first home series, quote-unquote, is two games against Army and two games against Stonehill. And Stonehill is a brand-new D1 team. They are bad. But Army ended up winning the Patriot League there in the NCAA tournament. Still hurts their record. But then they host a series with Youngstown State. So basically, you're not getting a lot of help in terms of your strength of schedule there. You're not playing a lot of great teams. But then you get into the midweek side of things, and, and in between conference series, K-State gets usually one game a week against someone that's relatively local, be that playing Nebraska-Omaha or playing Creighton or playing Air Force or playing Nebraska, Wichita State, etc. Whereas teams like Oklahoma get to play some better teams, teams like Dallas Baptist, who's in the tournament field, and playing Oral Roberts, who's in the tournament field and is a very solid mid-major program. Like, teams locally that are just better because they're more regional and close by. And it's tough to get better games on the schedule when you, the teams regionally that you need for convenience, like K-State playing Wichita State, who's two hours away, whatever, they just weren't that you know, helpful in the RPI this year. Wichita State was a quality team, but their RPI was over 100, which does not help. But the argument for that is that, well, st- schedule stronger teams. Try to find better teams to play in your schedule that will help you out. It's not always that easy because even if you try to schedule those teams, doesn't mean they want to schedule you. And if K-State has struggled as a program for the last better part of a decade, the teams that are better are a little slower to schedule K-State because it would hurt their RPI, right? It's a two-way street. It's a, it's a tough line to walk, but it happens in every sport, basketball especially, and baseball. That's the main topic here is baseball. I want to stay on the topic. But it, scheduling is a convoluted mess, and it's even harder for the Big 12 right now because you only play eight series and 24 games in total. So in a 55-game regular season... 65% of your schedule is non-conference related and you are left to your own devices and the luck of the draw of where your school is located and trying to schedule it all out out with like helping your RPI and your strength of schedule while also balancing that line and getting yourself winnable baseball games. So it's really tough. But I think K-State's trajectory as a baseball program will continue to move upward. I think this will be a frustrating pill to swallow. But I think next year, you probably are going to see some better scheduling for K-State. The record may drop a little bit as a result. But it sounds like, at least the way things are going right now, the selection committee values a lot more the numbers of who you've played rather than who you've beaten. So, it's a tough situation for K-State. I understand their frustration. It sucks. But uh, Pete Hughes... I appreciate his honesty in his frustrations and airing it. Um, I think it's good. I think coaches should be more upfront about that. He he wants to fight for his guys. He thinks they deserved a shot. I personally I agree. But life is unfair, and um, 
Not much you can do about it now except for keep working, and maybe next year we'll see K-State baseball in the postseason. But that's going to wrap up our show. I am out of time. Tomorrow we'll be back with plenty more to discuss. Um, Thanks to James for joining the show earlier in the program. Also, big thanks to John Betts of Kansas Pregame and the two prep sports athletes that we had on there in Gunnar Gross and Ian Andalon uh, for their time from the Sharp Performance Combine today. Uh, We will be back tomorrow, 510 here on 1150 KSAL. I'm Jackson Schneider, and this has been In the Zone.